Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, what about work burnout? Are you feeling burned out because of your workload? Well, nearly 4 in 10 professionals are reporting a rising amount of burnout. And burnout is a problem that just won't go away, according to some new research from Robert Half. A new survey reveals 36% of respondents reported being more burned out now than a year ago. And 40% feel their department, their area at work, is understaffed. Workers say some of the problems, well, here are three of them. Heavy workloads, 54% say, yep, that's me. Lack of communication and support from management, well, that's 29%, close to a third. And, oh, here's a nasty one, toxic organizational culture, 26%, about one quarter. Well, that's not great. 40% really having some uh, some difficulties with things that are leading to burnout. Let's bring in Mike Sheckman. He is Robert Half, Senior Regional Director. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, not some good news coming out of this one, is it? No, not not so much. Uh, you know, it's fascinating to see some of the numbers and especially some of the increase uh, from uh, from the previous year. So it's something that organizations uh, really need to uh, have a close look at. So what's going on here? If we see that this is continuing or even getting worse, is there a cause behind these things like uh, heavy workloads and organizational culture? And are they tied together? I, I think there is a, a correlation. Uh, the workloads, if, if you think back to, to last year, organizations uh, took a, a, a massive investment in, in hiring, uh, looking at their infrastructure. We saw uh, growth in many sectors and organizations. And as we've seen some of the headwinds uh, collide with, uh, with industries and, and various sectors, um, nobody's rushing to, to hire at the same pace uh, that we saw, uh, which, um, which leads to, of course, uh, additional stress for individuals. And, and we always believe that um, when you add that added stress, that leads, uh, that leads to burnout. So that, uh, that is a massive contributor to what we're seeing. You know, one of the other reports I saw recently was talking about retention. And it's one thing to talk about hiring, but what are what are companies doing to actually keep their good employees? That, that is a great question. Um, and, and I always talk uh, when we speak to our clients, it's not about uh, attracting people. It's also about uh, keeping the best individuals within the business. And, and retention is, uh, is critical on a go-forward basis. Uh, from a, a retention uh, strategy perspective, one of the things that a lot of individuals are looking for is that flexibility. So, you know, leaders that um, offer a level of flexibility for scheduling goes a long way because that is a big contributor to what is motivating individuals to make a shift. Uh, and it's also uh, part of why uh, individuals have a little bit t- a tougher time, especially nowadays in terms of their work-life integration, having the ability to say when and where they work uh, gives them the ability to reduce some of the stressors that causes um, people to, to, to make that move. 
The other one here that I find concerning, even though it's 26%, so it's about a quarter, but toxic organizational culture. Is this growing or is this always been about uh, 26%? I think that number um, is, isn't somewhat static. Um, what, we, what we see from a, a organizational culture when there is um, a level of toxic uh, nature, uh, you know, it comes down to, to communication a lot of times. Uh, there's a lot of assumptions that take place. There's a lot of individuals that may not take the lead in terms of delivering uh, transparency through decision making or having the ability to, again, have a, an open communication channel. What I will say as well, one of the things that has been a challenge for, for some organizations, especially in a, in a remote or a hybrid uh, work model is that um, it becomes a little bit more challenging where you can see individuals or you have to be much more intentional when it comes to delivering uh, messages, uh, communication, memos, etc. And this uh, and, and our assumptions lead to a lack of clarity for, uh, for individuals where stories sometimes they get created. So it is so important uh, to, to be, again, quite inten- intentional and thoughtful uh, when communicating any sort of change uh, that, um, again, may lead to, uh, to stress uh, for individuals. Now, Mike, I don't have any research to back this up, only an observation in looking at different workplaces and talking with friends. But I know at the start of the pandemic, when more people were working from home, there was almost this shift for managers to make sure that there was kind of like a weekly get-together, almost like a Zoom party or something that was more recreational. That seems to have dropped off, and it now seems to be kind of like we're into a situation where you work from home, so what, so be it. Is there anything you've noticed in a trend of kind of forgetting about people now that they're doing hybrids or working from home? I, I would say that uh, the pendulum has certainly swung for individuals and, and employers to, to bring more people back into uh, to an office environment uh, to, to, again, to build that uh, sense of community uh, and connection. And the human connection is really, really critical. Um, and to, to your point, uh, I, you know, I think that there has been a bit of a shift. Uh, you know, I think that uh, it, it's, it's, um, it can be very demanding and it's important, uh, again, for uh, employer, especially if you're offering a, a model that is a hybrid in nature, to have almost a remote uh, first approach because you don't want to make individuals that are not uh, in office feel alienated and not part of that team. So it's uh, it's quite challenging for a lot of leaders uh, to be, again, really thoughtful through that process and not uh, miss different scenarios. Uh, but it's uh, it's something that um, I, I would say it's it's been a bit on the back burner for, for individuals because I think it's, it's almost getting back to a little bit more of a normalcy uh, and we can't let the people first approach um, by the wayside because I think that organization did a really good job uh, to make sure that through the pandemic people had uh, the health and safety um, you know always in mind when making any sort of decision but just because the pandemic is eased and we're on the other side of it doesn't mean that we can't have that people first approach and that's something that uh, we need to continue uh, to lead from the front as, as leaders in, uh, in any business. Right. We're talking with Mike Sheckman, Robert Half, Senior Regional Director, about workplace stress. 
and some of the things that are still challenges and growing challenges at times. Mike, if I'm a uh, supervisor or a manager and listening to this right now, what are some of the things I can do to alleviate some of this work-related stress? What are you finding? You know, as, as a manager, it's important to to encourage uh, time off. It's, it's very easy to to get um, to get be or be really reactive in that situation. Uh, but you know, really plan with your team in terms of what the the next quarter is going to look like. When uh, when should individuals take the time off? And and employees may be reluctant to take breaks, especially if they feel like the teams are leaner and. Uh, they are maybe a little bit more gun shy about um, taking that time off. So uh, you want to be able to really proactively talk about this on a regular basis, uh, where possible also provide some flexibility uh, and autonomy to create uh, additional schedules. Uh, and you have to have that approach where every situation is going to be different with every person on the team because different individuals have uh, different priorities, whether it's um, you know, young children at home, maybe elderly dependents, maybe even a dog that they all of a sudden have through the pandemic. So understanding what people are looking for is going to be critical as a, as a manager. Um, and, then, and then finally, just really setting and have a level set in terms of expectations, uh, making sure that you're aligned with your team in terms of what, uh, what is expected to be achieved, because sometimes individuals put additional pressures on themselves. So if you can really level set with each team member, it will give them the confidence that they don't need to be 140% uh, or have a different perception of what you feel the expectations may be. Listening to your words, I'm coming down to two words that stand out for me. And those are communication and compassion, maybe empathy in there too. Uh, absolutely. I, I think that having the ability to personalize, um, you know, your, your leadership ability and, and uh, again, taking the lead from a communication uh, perspective uh, will leave, uh, well, well, just add a level of clarity. And I think that's, uh, that, that's really helpful on a go-forward basis. Well, let's hope it's advice that stays and uh, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day.